Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Oh! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Yes, hello everybody and welcome to the SC Playbook AFL podcast. This is our sixth podcast of the 2023 preseason, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. As always, my name is Eddie Dads. I'm going to be talking to you about all things Supercoach today. We've got a massive show on the cards. Uh, we are talking midfielders today. It's uh, one of everyone's favorite topics, I think. Um, there's going to be a wide variety of structures being run. To help me go through it all, I've got two of the best young brains in the business on the line. Um, firstly, joining me from the car park outside uni, it's uh, Dylan Bolch. <laughs> Dylan, how are you today? Yeah, good. Thanks, Eddie. Out. Um, bunkered down in the car. Looking forward to another show. <laughs> Fantastic. The links the links that you'll go to to get on this show, Dylan, it's quite amazing. Uh, we absolutely <laughs> love it. Thank you for your time, as always. Uh, and joining me from a much more sedate, what looks like the uh, the living room of his house, it's uh, Charlie Dads. Charlie, how are you going today? I'm good, thanks, Eddie. Um, good to get the, the late call up. So coming in a bit underdone, but keen to chat some Supercoach today. <laughs> very keen to have you on, Charlie. We uh, we were very glad to have you. Uh, you have stepped up last minute, which is fantastic. Um, it's uh, it's great to have you on board. Boys, uh, how's the week been? How's, how's footy training going, Charlie? Are you guys looking looking primed for a big season? We are. We are, had a had our come and try day last night, um, which was good to see a lot of numbers out. A lot of the, the college kids were... We're there and um, yeah, skills and vibes are off the charts at the moment. Love it. And Dylan, how are the vibes at uni? What's uh, what's going on around in uh, around your neck of the woods? Oh yeah, same old, same old. Um, chugging through, plugging away. <laughs> um, yeah, much rather be talking about footy all day, that's for sure. Absolutely love it, boys. So, well, it's a pleasure to have you on board today. Um, it's uh, We are going to talk, as I mentioned, we are going to talk midfielders today. It's going to be a massive show. Um, very keen to get into it. The first thing, though, as always, uh, is I want to get to the news. I want to find out what's, what's pricked your ears up this week, boys. Um, we're starting to get, as we mentioned last week, starting to get into the teeth of these practice games, these trial games, um, these internal trials. We started to see clubs playing against each other. Charlie, you did a massive write-up on the SC Playbook AFL website. Um, about all of your observations from last week's trial game. So I might throw to you first. Um, what sort of caught your eye the most in the last seven days worth of the news cycle? Oh, it was good. It, was, it just felt good to watch footy again. Um, just sit back on the couch and they were at really nice times as well. I think they were at 3.30. So it was kind of just as the the end of the workday was approaching, it was just good to get it up on the TV. Um, the one thing that did catch my eye though was Tom Mitchell um rotating a lot through half forward and as soon as I saw that he was straight out of my team and um kind of his replacement but kind of not was Errol Goulden I really like what I saw from him as well he had a a lot of CBAs I think he had the most for Sydney um and he was finding a lot of the footy and he's entering that that third year um and in super coach terms we know that the third year breakout is very prominent in a lot of star players so I'm hoping that he can really uh reach his max potential this year Excellent. What about you, Dylan? What uh, what did you see in the last few weeks? You obviously eye on the ball heavily with the with the Herald Sun work. You're doing a lot of work with uh, with them. So um, yeah, you're you're our big newsbreaker in the room. So what what did you see over the last week or so? Um, I think the most interesting part for me was that um, Asava Radigali is playing in defence, which we'd sort of heard murmurs about, but he um, was pretty good against the Hawks on on Thursday. Arvo um, looks composed, got a few intercept possessions. And Jack Henry's just been sent in or is going to be sent in for foot surgery. So 
you can roll Radigalea potentially at an R3 position um, if you don't want to use a loophole or an um, F7, F8. So I think he's one that comes into calculations. Um, just before we move on to more of the meat of the podcast, Charlie, you did have a couple of injuries that have, that have come across your desk this week. Um, yeah, run us through what you've been seeing um, from that end of things. Yeah, I just saw, I wasn't watching the games, but I've just seen on Twitter and uh, a bit of Instagram that Lockie Neal, I think he left um, in the third quarter with an ankle injury and didn't return. Um, so that's something to watch for sure because he's a, he's a very popular pick this this year. And the other one is Patrick Cripps, who also did an ankle injury. But the good news with him is that the club uh, doctors have since cleared him of, of any major damage. So it um, seems like it was just a, a little sprain. He should be all good. Are either of those guys in your calculation, Dylan, for, for your starting team? Um, neither are at the moment. I think my issue with Neil is that I'm not sure how Dunkley and Will Ashcroft affect him. And Cripps is just, I think he's probably a fringe top eight and there's just some better options um, for me early days. Yeah, I, I agree um, broadly. Uh, what about this week, Charlie? What have we got coming up in terms of uh, in terms of action that we can keep our eye on? Is there anyone that you really want to see um, what their role looks like going into these uh, these more official sort of practice games? Is there anyone that yeah that you're sort of desperate to take a look at? I think all eyes for me will be on the GWS game because um, they did play last week, but it was um, an intra-club of sorts against the reserves. Um, so when you see blokes like Tom Green racking up 50 touches and Lockie Whitfield getting 35, I think you just have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, so I'll be watching them with a keen eye and also just to see the role that Finn Callahan has, whether he's starting on ball or, or rotating through. Um, they're the most interesting ones from my point of view. One thing I have loved about GWS this preseason, Dylan, is how open they seem to be with with what they're planning with in terms of their structure and who's going to play where. Um, did you see those comments from Adam Kingsley the other day about the midfield group and and what his thoughts are on how that'll look going into round one? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. They, they seem to be um, far more open than, than other clubs might be. Um, and based on that, it sounds like Callahan is right in the mix with that midfield crew. But as Charlie mentioned, is he... Is your first choice guy that's going to get, you know, 60, 70% CBAs or is he the guy that's sort of fourth or fifth string and only rotates through it, you know, 40 or 50% of the time? I guess that's what we'll look out for. Indeed. Now, boys, uh, one thing I do like to, to sort of get a sanity check on each week is is what's been what's been bumping around in your head in terms of your, your, your super coach team broadly. Um, it seems, you know, Char- we spoke about last week, Charlie's a, a serial tinker. He loves playing around with his team. Dylan, you're more of the sedate sort of uh, keep him in place for the preseason. I'm a bit in between. I think I like to move players around. I like to see how it looks. Um, I'm one of those guys that kind of takes screenshots constantly of how my team looks, so I don't forget it. Um, what, what what have you been doing this week with your team? What's been, Dylan, what's been sort of, what's been moving around in your brain, moving around in your team? Yeah, I um, brought in Radagalea um, as a rookie. I thought I liked what I saw there and, and the injury to Henry. Um, I found 50k to, to bring him in um, and then I found a way to get to Rory Laird. I can't remember how mm. I did it, but I did. So I, I've got Laird, Oliver, Bont and Steele as my four four primos in the midfield at the moment, which I love. But um, yeah, whether or not I can afford to have that come round one is, I guess, still up in the air. Love it. What about you, Charlie? What, are, what have you been moving around in your team? Oh, I've been tinkering a fair bit in these last couple of days. Um, it hasn't been good. It hasn't been healthy. Uh, but it all started with when I saw Tom Mitchell, um, yeah, in that half forward rotation. And, and I didn't like that one bit. So he's out. At the moment, Noah Anderson's come in. Um, 
I just I've been loving what what Rain Man's been saying about him. Um, he can't stop talking about him, um, and I think that's a good sign. Um, and then the <laughs> other one is I've also brought in Asava Radaglia. Um, I think he's pretty expensive, but I, I almost think he's a no-brainer if he's got that intercepting role, um, especially with the injury to Jack Henry. Um, Finn Callahan's come in, which does move Will Phillips to the bench. Um, and 158K on the bench does seem a bit um, a bit heavy, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, at the moment, look, I'll probably tinker later the Savo as well. So um, <laughs> don't, don't take my word for this. Someone needs to take your login details away from you, Charlie. Um, if you need me, I'll be here at all times. If, uh, if you just need someone to take them away from you. Um, now, boys uh, and listeners out there, you've been listening to me talk about Mortgage Choice SCW a lot over the last 12 months on this show. Um, and most people like me are probably thinking way away from a position to buy a house and that the Mortgage Choice stuff is irrelevant to them. But actually, boys at Mortgage Choice SCW can get you a loan for pretty much anything. It doesn't just have to be a house. So if Santa brushed you for your PS5 this year, or maybe the toolbox needs an upgrade and your boss is too stingy to chip in, Patty and George can make the dream a reality. And the best part, no more sacrificing your avocados for two-minute noodles because the hundred, their usual $129 fee is waived when you mention SC Playbook. These loans are quick and easy with the money dropping in your pocket within days. So after a few years of COVID causing us grief, treat yourself in 2023 and shoot them a message on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on our website for their email, phone details, or a QR code if that's easier for you. Um, boys, uh, we I wanted to jump straight into the midfielders today because there is a lot to talk about. Um, we have we have an absolute stack of things that we can talk about with this midfield line. Um, so I just wanted to start things off by asking you, Dylan. You did mention it a little bit before what, what who the players are in your in your midfield side at the moment, but. What's your current lineup um, and how many rookies are you running with? How many mid-prices are, running, are you running with um, and how's it looking and how's it feeling? Yeah, it's interesting. I've sort of struggled the most with the primos in the mid, I think. Um, so at the moment, I've got Rory Laird, Clayton Oliver, um, Bontepelli and Jack Steele as my four sort of premiums. And I think they're, they're pretty top-line guys, um, pretty expensive as well, which is a little bit frustrating, but I guess you've got to pay out for the big dogs. Um, I've got... Jacob Hopper is the, the clear mid-price candidate at M5. And then Will Ashcroft, Spintas Filippo, and Will Phillips on, on field. And then um, some DPP guys on the bench. So Charlie Constable, Campbell Chesser, and um, and uh, Blake Jury at the moment. But I don't think he'll play, so that'll change. Love it. We are going to discuss rookies at some point. Charlie, how's, uh, how's your side looking? You've, you've been one of the more out there um, super coach brains in the business over this preseason with some of your picks. Um, how's the midfield looking for you at the moment? Yeah, oh, I think I think um, I'm pretty all talk at the moment. Um, <laughs> if one thing's saying it, and it's another thing executing it. Uh, I think my top four midfielders are pretty locked in, and that's Laird, Oliver, Parrish, Steele. Um, as mentioned before, uh, or as mentioned last week, Parrish's draw is just a little bit too hard to ignore. I think and. Um, we talked a bit in our in our messenger group chat about the you know potential tag, um, but we all agreed very quickly that that was going to go straight to merit. Um, so I think Parish um, very underpriced and and he looks great this year. Um, Dylan, you've been you mentioned before that you've had to pay up to to get Rory Laird. He wasn't in your team um, last week, but he has come in this week. What makes you so desperate to sort of move things around to get Laird into your side? I think he's just. I think he's out and out the best 
best player um, in the game at the moment. I don't think he'll... He's not the sort of player that attracts a tag. And I think if you're playing Adelaide, you probably look at tagging Jordan Dawson first, given how creative he is off, off half-back. And it, it's just Laird's consistency, I think, the most that um, excites me. He had one score under 110 all year, or two scores, beg your pardon, and one was a 97 and the other was a 93. Like To me, it, that doesn't scream that he's going to drop much in price. Um, so I feel like if I don't start him, then finding a way to get to him might be pretty difficult. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. I think he's one of those guys, like you said, the consistency is is really what you want out of him. He, he, you know, if you, he's one of those guys, your vice captain, if, if the vice captain doesn't go well early, you can put the captaincy on and let and you know that he's going to pump out a 110, a 120, a 130, somewhere in that range. Charlie, is there a worry? Is there any worry in your head at all that that 703k price tag, that that's going to end up being too much? He's going to sort of, he's going to drop cash and come back to the sort of, the early 600k sort of range or are you confident that he's going to be able to maintain that price uh i'm very confident i think i'd be much more cautious if i was a non-owner and i'm um, you know seeing lead pump out 130s each week and look whether he goes down in price or not i think that's irrelevant because you're picking the best midfielder in the game and you know that he's going to be the best midfielder in the game and i think i think you just put him at, at m1 and, and you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the year what about can you can you afford Dylan to, to go with both the the Laird and Oliver combo? I mean, they're both really at that that seven hundred k range. You're basically playing if, you, if you're going to go with both of them, you're going to end up paying one point four million for for those two players alone. Is it is it a, is it an either or sort of situation, or are you are you confident that you can roll with both? Um, I think we'll be able to answer that question a lot more clearly this time next week um, when we've seen how the, the practice matches sort of play out. At, at the moment, I think it's definitely feasible to have both. Um, but, I mean, if, if push comes to shove and we have to pick guys like Josh Goda and Radagalea and, and Ben King, these types that are more expensive rookies, then we might not have that you know extra 50 or 60K to upgrade a guy like Bontepelli to, um, to a ladder and Oliver. So we might have to settle for a guy that's um, potentially three, four, five come the end of, end of the year rather than one and two. That's a good point. I was because I was going to ask you what what did you actually want to play, what did you want to see from Laird or Oliver in the practice yeah. matches that would make you pick them. But but you're more talking about w- what rookies are you going to see that that um, might yeah. mean to pay that extra that extra yeah. okay Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, and I think there was it, it there is, were concerns. Sorry, Eddie, there were concerns over Oliver's hand or finger um, a couple of weeks ago, but he seemed to put those to bed um, on the weekend or Friday whenever it was that they played. Um, so we know what we're going to get. They've both looked good in preseason. I think it's yeah, waiting to see what happens around them. I I'm I'm really I have to say I'm really tempted to to antipod Rory Laird. He's going to be in a lot of teams. Um, I think I think you do have to have at least one of Oliver and Laird. But when it comes down to it, I do think that you know Oliver has averaged 120 for for three th- three seasons in a row. Um, he has only missed one game through to injury in the last six seasons. Um, so he's extremely durable. He's got an incredible track record of scoring. Um, I am. T- I just have this feeling. I, j- I just don't think that Rory Laird is a long-term number one midfield option because, like you said, Dylan, he's never going to get tagged because he's he's just not damaging enough. He doesn't do enough with the ball in hand. He's going to get a lot of tackles. He's going to get a lot of inside ball. But if he is your number one midfielder at your club, I'm not sure that that's a, a recipe for success. Charlie, am I barking up the wrong tree there? No, I, I agree with that. I think. Um... Yeah, Laird as as you know the best mid- midfielder at a club is is more a reflection of the club itself rather than the player. I think you look back at Hawthorne when Tom Mitchell was, um, you know, when he won the Brownlow and and they weren't a very competitive team then, and it's because yeah, these guys they get 
a lot of the footy and they get a lot of tackles, but they aren't the ones that are kicking it inside 50. You know, they're not the the Dacoses, they're not the, the Jordan Dawsons of, of the club. And um, yeah, I do see your point. Dylan, is it one of those situations where potentially we could start to see the likes of, I don't know, a Sam Berry or a Josh Rochelle or some of those guys, some of those younger Adelaide Crows, um, young midfielders come in and, uh, I don't know, take a bit of, take a bit of lead shine off him? Is that ridiculous? Um, no, I don't think it's ridiculous at all. I think a lot of them potentially, you know, the w- word on the street is that Rankin and Rochelle and, and Berry and Schoenberg and these types will sort of see more midfield time. I guess, you know, they, Led had been a halfback for a lot of his career and they moved him to the midfield last year, maybe late the year before. Um, so it's still relatively new and I don't think you would do that unless you had plans to keep him there. Um, so I would be surprised if he reverted back at all. And he, he's shown he is a really good inside mid. Um, so, yeah, Matt Crouch is one that is obviously gone too and, and he plays a similar role where he's purely inside. Um, I, I don't think Crouch will play much senior footy this year at all. So I, I, I'm still confident in Laird's role. Um, yeah, it's just a question of, of what the rookies around us sort of do and if we can afford to pay that extra 50k for someone like him. I'm currently going without Laird at this point in time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Oliver over him. I think the Oliver ceiling is a lot higher. I think the Oliver assuredness of sort of, of being that primary option is, is more there than Laird. So that's where I stand on that at the moment. Um, Dylan, you did mention earlier that, you know, we, get, we have this sort of next bracket of, of players that are sort of that 50, 60, 70K cheaper than the Oliver and the Lairds. And I think the primary one that we need to talk about in that category uh, is Marcus Bontempelli. Um, I know Nico, who uh, Nick, our runner-up from 2021, is absolutely enormous on Bontempelli and has been all preseason. Um, where do you stand on the Bont? Is he, and is he, is he in your team currently? Is he a chance to come in? Yeah, he's in my team currently, and I, I agree with Nico wholeheartedly there. I think looking at the next, and we'll, we'll run through a few of the options, he has the most upside from what he did last year, I think. Um, Josh Junkley's obviously moved on, and, and so there's a little bit of midfield time to go around. But it's more the fact that they've gone and recruited Rory Lobb. You've got another year of development for Jamara Hagen and Sam Darcy as well. So there's there's not that need for him to play forward and support Aaron Norton like there potentially has been in seasons gone by. So I think he'll revert back to being a full-time midfielder and, and hopefully that means a, a peak in scoring. Has there been anything concrete out of the Bulldogs that that gives you sort of um, yeah that you're sure that he's going to be in that full midfield role because it is it is a concern for me that he's actually a really good forward he's really threatening up there it, you know it's one of those situations where it's not actually you are robbing Peter to pay Paul in a sense because he actually is a really really good forward and if you're taking him out of there you're actually missing something in your structure like is there have you heard anything out out of Bevo that that does make you think that he's going to be more of a permanent mid, midfielder this season. No, not officially, and I don't know that we will hear anything out of Bevo because he likes to sort of keep his cards close to his chest. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's more just they've got those taller options now. The defence is looking pretty solid as well. You've got Jones back there to help them. I, ju- I just feel like with Dunkley having moved on, there's less of a need for him to play forward and more opportunity for him to play in the midfield. And at the end of the day, I think as good a forward as he is, you want your best players in your midfield and around the ball as often as they can be. Charlie Bont, he averaged, you know, we, we spoke about last year, but probably wasn't his optimal season from a super coach perspective. Had a couple injuries, uh, was thrown forward a fair bit. Still averaged 116 last year. So, um, I mean, the floor on Bontepelli is, is a high floor. Uh, is he in your team at the moment? And, and what are your thoughts about him going forward this season? No, he's not. And and at this stage, none of the Doggies boys are in there because I just can't trust them and I can't trust Bebo 
Um, we've already seen in, in various preseason, whether it's intra-club or um, I think they've only played intra-clubs, but the, the, the midfield forward split has been very 50-50 with both of them. Um, and I just think that's probably not a risk I'm going to take. But my guess is that one of them should get forward DPP at some point, whether it's McRae, Bontempelli, Bailey Smith, um, like they did last year. And so when they do get that, they become a whole lot more relevant and um, like they could potentially be an F1 at some point this year. Yeah, Dylan, we, we have spoken about this before, but is there is there any merit in picking someone with the hope that they're going to they're gonna pick up DPP at some point? Uh, I'd probably wait and see that, yeah, especially with the dogs, as, as um, Charlie mentioned, it's a little bit unknown. The The only one I could see potentially looking at is someone like a Max Gorn, um, but the flip side of that is I don't see him improving on what he did last year, so if you can wait for the six the six weeks, see that he has actually got DPP and get him slightly cheaper. That's probably the better option. Well, Charlie also mentioned Jack McRae there. He was in my team to start um, this preseason. I, I thought he looked um, drastically underpriced. He's at 634K. He has been one of the best super coach midfielders for probably the last five years at least. Um, is he in your calculations at all? Have you sort of, or have you sort of ruled him out based on based on what we've discussed already? No, he's yeah, he's well and truly in, in my calculations as well because you know the same if Bont is a potential chance to get those midfield minutes. I think there's a chance that McRae spends even more time in there as well. Um, and as you mentioned, he's a he's a, a premium and has been for for many many years. So yeah, he's certainly one you have to consider still. I think Charlie Took Miller. He's uh, he's obviously Rain Man, one of Rain Man's boys, one of Nico's boys as well. Nico talked him up all last year. Um, we spoke about him a little bit last week in terms of that little in, that little injury niggle that's going to keep him out of the preseason. Was that enough to to tip him out of your team? Yeah, absolutely. As, as soon as I saw that, he was straight out. And um, I think I brought in Parrish straight away or, or Jack Steele. And um, it's just, yeah, when, whenever you're picking guys that are, are coming in a little bit underdone, you are taking a, a big risk. And I, I just don't think Took's worth that risk. Um, he's a great player uh, and a great super coach player. I just don't think he's a top two midfielder. He, he's probably top five. And, and with the hamstring, he's probably scraping into the top eight just. Um, he will be my first upgrade target, though, I think. Um, whenever, whenever that comes around, he'll be the one that I'm first looking at. Yeah, you did mention just quickly there, Jack Steele. Uh, at 640, uh, sorry, 604K, uh, he presents to me as one of the biggest bargains going around this preseason. Um, average 122 in 2020, 126 in 2021. Had some injury issues last year. Um, the Saints were a bit of a rabble. They've, he's got Ross Lyon on board now. Dylan, what does what does that in what does that influx of Ross Lyon do to Jack Steele's game? Do you think? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not totally sure to be honest, Eddie. So I think that that's worth looking at again this week. But last week, what we saw was positive. He still had a lot of CBA numbers. Still was around the ball a lot and was as dominant as he has been. So for me, um, nothing changes with Steele. I think he's still a really good option. Um, and you know, we touched on before. You know, whether we have the spare 50 or 60K to get up to a lad, if you don't, I think Steele's a great option at, at just over 600K. We've talked about Darcy Parrish in previous podcasts. So I'm not going to harp on too much about him. Charlie, you mentioned his draw is amazing. Um, a couple other names that I do want to throw at you. Andrew Brayshaw, Charlie, any interest there? Um, there's slight interest, but probably not enough. And I don't think he's a top eight midfielder, to be honest. I just think... With uh, with Yago O'Meara coming in, um, obviously you got Sarong. Um, I just think Brayshaw 
will probably be the biggest tag option at the Dockers this year. I think teams will look at that, and he's so susceptible to a tag. I, I just don't think he knows how to shrug one off yet. Um, and I haven't looked at his draw. I don't know it off by heart. But, you know, if he's playing the likes of Hawthorne or um, St Kilda, um, who else tags a lot? Uh, Geelong could tag GWS. You know, if he's playing the likes of those guys, I think you can expect a, a reasonably low score from him. It'd be absolutely remiss of us not to mention uh, Noah Anderson, uh, who is one of Rain Man's absolute boys. Uh, he can't shut up about him. He loves him. Uh, Dylan, is, has Rain Man managed to talk you into Anderson at all yet? I, I'm sort of of the view that I, I don't really know, like Charlie says with Brayshaw, I just I can't really see Anderson being one of those top eight mids. Um, I, I know he's skilled. I know he's got the ability. I just I just can't see it in that, that really tough midfield competition. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I agree with you, I think, Eddie, and I might come around to it, but at the end of the day, like I think we mentioned just eight or ten names that at the moment I think will score more than what Anderson will. And I think we also have to remember that he's in a midfield, and yes, he's great, but Matt Rowe's still there, and we know he can score points. And Tuke Miller's there, and you know, five minutes ago we were saying he was a chance to be a top four or five midfielder. So I yeah. don't know that the, the Suns are going to be that good and win enough games to have a like an Oliver Petrarca sort of combination or a Bontepelli McRae in the midfield yet. So, yeah, for me, it just feels awkward. Like, I, I think he'll improve, but I could see him averaging 105 and then you sort of got an awkward M8 come the end of the year where some people have guys that are putting out 112s. Yeah, I think to, to play Randman's advocate, uh, Noah Anderson led the league in metres gain last year and also kicks for midfielders. So um, if you do think that there is improvement left in him, uh, I do think it's a worthwhile pick, but yeah, I, I think there's just too there's too many other options on the board for me. Um, speaking of other options, uh, if you go if you sort of drop down from that, so we've got the sort of the 700k bracket, then we've got the sort of six sort of 620 to 650k sort of bracket, and then the next bracket down is is really intriguing. There's a couple of super options in here. The first one is Tom Green from GWS at 534k. Charlie, you mentioned that he had 50 disposals in a practice game last week. Um, he's been trying to flirt with Dua Leaper on Instagram. Uh, he's having an absolutely enormous preseason. He's one of the big buzzwords out there at the moment. There's a big rig shirtless pick of him floating around on Twitter. Um, is that been enough for you to bring him in, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, aren't we all trying to flirt with Dua Leaper on Instagram? It's uh, <laughs> he's doing well for himself. Um, not sure if we got a reply, but uh, in terms of Supercoach, though, yeah, I, I don't know. He started off like a house on fire last year with a you know, 160 and then a 100 and then like a 140 or something. And he had a great first, you know, seven rounds. Um, and then after that, I'm just looking at his scores from from round 17 onwards. He had a 50, a 49, a 55, a couple hundreds and then finished off with a 58. And I just, I don't know if he's the type of player that, you know, will be consistent. Um, I think there's definitely areas in his game that, that point to that inconsistency and, um, look, he, he'll have the role. He'll be a, a constant mainstay in that midfield. But um, I don't, I don't know if he, if he's just, I don't know if he's the player to to, to take his average up to. You know, we, we probably need him at a, a hundred and ten plus this year, and I don't know if he can do that. Dylan, he averaged between rounds one and eight last year. He averaged one hundred and sixteen. Um, he's clearly the number one guy in that Giants midfield for the future. I think um, they're building, sort of building that midfield around him. Um, uh, what, do, what do you think his ceiling is? What, what is a realistic ceiling for Tom Green this year? Is it 120? Is it 115? Um, what do you reckon? Yeah, I really can't get on read, a read on Tom Green at all. Like I fluctuate 
through saying, oh, yeah, he's, he's great value at 535K or whatever it is. And then I go, oh, you know, is he even going to be that great? So, I'm, yeah, I'm really torn on him. I think you raise a lot of good points about how I think he'll be the guy that leads that line in the future. But you've still got Josh Kelly there. You've still got Cornelio there. Um, Finn Callahan, everyone's expecting an improvement from as well. So similar to the to the Suns, I guess there's there's still a lot of mouths in there to feed, and I don't know that he accelerates his average, as you said, to a one twenty to make him a, a season long keeper. It, it it almost feels as well that it's a bit of herd mentality happening on on Twitter and across Facebook at the moment with him. You know, you see one person or a couple of people spruiking him, and then all of a sudden it's oh yeah, he's the next big thing. And and when you see a stat line that says fifty touches, um, as well that that's pretty. Uh, enticing, but as Charlie mentioned, it was against the the reserves team, and you know at the end of the day, that's a I know they're in the VFL now, but it's a, a needful type side where you know it's it's coming up against a, a young you know nineteen year old that's that's come out of a, a you know an under 18s competition versus you know a season a season body and a season competitor that's played two hundred plus games of, of AFL footy. It's uh, yeah, it's a different kettle of fish. So I, I'm really torn on on Green. So are you, in that sort of range that I'm talking about, that like, so let's call it like the 500k to 550k range in the midfielders. Uh, are you taking anyone in that bracket, or are you are you sort of are you got a primo or sort of really mid price cheapy? Uh, is that yeah? Are you going to have anyone in that sort of mid range bracket? I, I think probably not. I think I'll either start, stay with the top line top line guys that we know what you're going to get um, from them, or look at a you know like a Jacob Hopper as your next next guy down. Charlie, what about you? Are you gonna? Is there a Tom? Can can I tempt you with Tom Mitchell? You, I know you mentioned previously they didn't really like the role with him. Um, is there anyone else in that bracket that takes your eye? Um, I'm actually just looking through the players now because uh, I am looking for an M5 that I can just sit there and, and not have to worry about. And I've I've got three names for you guys, so I've I've flipped the question back on you. Sam mm. Berry, John Newcomb, Lockie Whitfield. What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts on those guys? Ah, uh, see, I just. I can't see the point in any of those guys. Like what, what, I mean, what's the, the absolute best case scenario is one of those guys, one of those guys um, averages 105 goes up in price by 150 K. Um, and then you have to, you have to move them on to someone else by the end. Like you're not going to be keeping one of those guys as an M8 at the end of the year. Are you? Uh, well, potentially, I mean, it'd be either them or, or, you know, I've, I've got Hopper here. I've got Callahan. I've got Ashcroft. So they could stay as an M8. I don't know. Dylan, do yeah, you see not, any point in that? Yeah. No, Newcomb is the only one that I would even like look twice at, and that's because he's the main guy at Hawthorne and purely based on the fact that someone has to get the ball, I think it will be him. Uh, but, you know, in the same breath, I think Hawthorne will be pretty ordinary this year and they'll, they'll struggle a lot. So best case scenario, I could see Newcomb going 110, and even then it's probably fringe, like it's probably top 12 top scenario. And, you know, I'd rather have another, another guy that, um, is a little bit more certain to score well. Luke Davies, touch- Uniac. Sorry, just one point. Do not, do not touch Whitfield with a ten point ten foot pole. <laughs> I knew you were going to say well, that. I knew that's. Uh, <laughs> I do have to. I have to give you an opportunity to rebut this, Charlie, because uh, you were bringing up Whitfield uh, glowingly in our chat this morning. Um, to it, to to everyone's chagrin in the chat, may I add, uh, no one else is on board with you in this one. But what what does appeal to you about Whitfield? I just like he's obviously insane value at the moment at, at 470k, and I know he's coming off the back of, of one of his worst seasons in a in a while. But he's 
already been confirmed to move back to the halfback flank, which 2019 he averaged 111, um, 2020 he averaged 105, um, 2018 he averaged 100. I just I think he is that guy that he could get his average up to you know past a hundred and and in round six when he gets his DPP he'll be a top six defender anyway so I don't see I don't see what's bad about getting ahead of the curve um, and picking him up now and and just swinging him back into defence in round six I, I think there's a lot of merit to it whether whether I actually pull the trigger or whether anyone pulls the trigger is a different story but um, I can see why he's slightly more relevant this year. I can, yeah, I you can do raise it. a good point. Yeah, this view is absolutely not endorsed by me. Um, I just don't know how you can pick Whitfield at this point after what we saw last season. Um, that was was a debacle. So we'll not we'll not be going anywhere near Whit- Whitfield for me. Um, we did mention him previously, Hopper, uh, Jacob Hopper, uh, Dylan. Walk us through what you think, what you expect out of him uh, at his new club. Was that Hopper? Sorry, Eddie. Yeah, Hopper. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he's a. He's just about the biggest lock of the year. He'll play full-time midfield at Richmond. Um, I could actually see him averaging 105 pretty easily. Um, and at 330k, that's a that's a steal. I think he's a clear mid-price option in the midfield. Um, yeah, don't don't think about that one too much. Yeah, it sounds like every man and his dog's going to have him locked into their team. Um, Charlie, just really quickly, Dom Sheed, um, Fitton Callahan. You mentioned that all these guys sort of around that that 200 to 300, 400 sort of range, um, which of those guys do you like the most? Um, yeah, at this stage, uh, probably Callahan. Um, but yeah, as I said earlier, it's all about waiting and, and, and seeing what his role exactly is um, when they do play their their practice game this week. Um, I think, yeah, Ashcroft's a lock and um, I forgot who else you said, so I've got short-term memory loss. But I think those two boys especially um, – they are, oh, I don't know. Callahan's probably not a lock, but yeah, Ashcroft definitely is. Yeah, Dylan, what, what are we, what are we, what are we hearing about Callahan? Why, why has his name suddenly come up over the last few days? Uh, like I've seen, suddenly seen him on Twitter everywhere. He's gone from sort of, you know, one to two percent ownership. It's, it's starting to skyrocket. Uh, what's going on with Callahan? Yeah, I think the appeal with Callahan is a the price, like he's two hundred and fifty k, and if you can score seventy and eighty at that price, you're a good pick. B, he's got really good junior numbers. I don't have them in front of me right now, but he was a, a solid scorer in juniors and was a, a top-end draft pick. I think he might have been picked two or three. Um, he was another another ex-Sandy lad. Um, and, yeah, at the end of the day, you've got Hopper and Taranto having moved on, so there is a spot there for him, I guess. Indeed. Um, probably time for us to get to... <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. Probably time for us to get to the rookie-slash-cheapy options. Um we don't need to talk about Will Ashcroft. I'm sorry, Dylan. I'm not going to give you that that chance on this podcast. I've already heard plenty out of you on Will Ashcroft. He's going to be a star. Um, I think he probably has to be in every team. Um, Will Phillips, Charlie, how's he looked in the preseason? He's obviously coming on in off the back of um, a series of yeah unfortunate injuries and illnesses and, and those sort of things. So what can we expect from Will Phillips this year? Yeah, uh, he'll have that midfield role, but um, I'm not totally convinced on him, to be honest. I know that's very controversial, but um, seeing him on the bench at the moment, I like that more than seeing him at M8 for me. I just, you know, when he did play in his debut year, he only averaged 48 and he hasn't played footy since then. So it's not like he's adjusted to AFL. He's only been training um, and playing the occasional VFL game here and there. And I think the way that North Melbourne has set up this year, they've just got so many young blokes that can run through that midfield. Um, 
I'm not saying he'll be in the first rotation, but you know he might be in the second or might be in the third. I don't I don't know where he'll play exactly. They've got Tom Powell, they've got um, obviously Simpkin, LDU. Um, I don't know who else would run there. Probably uh, Harry Sheasel at some point. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sold on him, but I do like he's a great pick. He'll make a lot of money. I'm just I don't know if I'll place him on field. Yeah, there seems to be an absolute um, plethora of sort of cheapy options in the midfield at the moment. Dylan, who who are you running with as your sort of your three on bench rookies and your, and your two uh, at M7 and M8? Um, so I've got um, M7, Evan, uh, M7 is Philippa at the moment from St Kilda, who I think. Um, Scoring-wise, he might be a little bit up and down. I think he'll spend a lot of time forward, but he'll play every game, and, and he's a good enough player to you know, to make things happen. I've got Phillips at M8, but I do think what Charlie's saying has a lot of merit. Um, he hasn't played a lot of footy, and at the end of the day, there are you know four or five other blokes that are playing a similar position. And then on the bench, I've gone with a lot of DPP guys. So Charlie Constable that you can play in defence, and, and Chesser as well. Um, yeah, Os- Oscar Baker is, is the other one that, is a mid only who looks like he'll play on a wing round one for the for the dogs and I think he could be worth um, looking at but yeah after that it's um, the DPP guys mainly. Alwyn Davy is another one that I want to chuck in the mix who I think is uh, is going to get some early games for Essendon scoring potential probably is not going to be there but he is also one of those DPP options so if he did want to have that that forward swing um, he is going to play early games whether he plays round one is a different story. Um, Charlie, any other any other sort of cheap options that we need to bring up here? Um, Alex Kincotta uh, from Carlton. I know he's a, yep. a defender, but he's got mid-status as well. And, and Rain Man was loving what he saw from him. Um, he actually thinks he's above Luke Cowan. Uh, sorry, no, what's his name? Lockie Cowan um, in the pecking order for that halfback spot. So he's a potential one that you can just float in between. Um, defense and midfield and and obviously you know we've got constable has mid status mcv has mid status chess has mid status um, and so does jinby so very flexible options there yeah plenty of cards on the table there we've got a lot um of a lot of a lot of things to shake out in the next couple of weeks um yeah i don't want to get too deep into the uh into the rookies because yeah we just never know what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks or so um boys i do want to give a big plug to the sc playbook subscription package um, $50 gets you full access to all of our SC Playbook stuff on our website. Um, that gets you access to our NRL, AFL, and BBL stuff for the next 12 months. Um, if you're not interested in the NRL and the BBL, it's $30 for the AFL alone. That gets you extra premium articles every single round, access to our WhatsApp group with weekly Q&As with contributors and the community, and access to our major unlimited group prize too, which is very exciting. So um, there's going to be a $500 top prize for the top-ranked subscriber to knock off one of our team, knock off all of our teams. Um, and if a non-subscriber wins, we'll split $250 each between the winner and the runner-up. Uh, the unlimited group code is 345511. Um, that's very exciting. Get around it. Um, the other thing that I want to get to before we wrap things up today, guys, is the uh, we're very excited to link up with Better for the 2023 footy season. So each round of the season, we're going to be producing exclusive SC Playbook special markets of our own. This week, we've got our AFL Futures play. Um, It's Will Ashcroft Rising Star into Will Ashcroft 10 plus Brownlow votes at $11. Uh, That seems like incredible value to me. Uh, We know how good Will Ashcroft is going to be. He's going to be a star. Um, $11 on better to to get that play. Um, To follow along, you can find the link to the market in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au or in our YouTube description. It's for those aged 18 plus only. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Boys, before I wrap things up this week, um, 
uh, what, what you, is there anything else that you guys want to get to that's going on in your teams? Um, is there are there any other um, any other rookies that we've missed? Any other guys that you want to take a look at in this week's practice games um, before we wrap things up? Um, so, well, <laughs> sorry, I was waiting for Dylan to speak there, but no, I, I, I think I think I'm all good. I'm all sorted. I think sort of the the meat on my bone in my team really comes from the forward line, um, which we'll touch on that tomorrow, whether uh, next week, sorry, whether I'm on the podcast or not. Um, yeah, my, my main issues is coming from the, the, the forward line. And yeah, obviously the, the rucks are a debacle. So we don't need to talk about that right now. That can wait another week for me. <laughs> uh, Dylan, one more that rookie, rookie that we didn't get to is Mackenzie from Hawthorne. Um, obviously you're a big Hawthorne watcher. So yeah, give us a rundown on him. Is he likely to play round one? I think he's pretty touch and go. Um, really good, really solid player. And I think he'll become a star eventually. But it's just a question of whether we give the, the likes of a, a McKenzie and a Weddle a, an opportunity round one or if we look to a guy like Connor Nash and um, Harry Morris and these types that have sort of been in the system for a few years now. And, um, yeah, it's just a, a question of where Sam Mitchell goes with that. But he's certainly, uh, McKenzie's certainly a watch um, in the practice match this week against the Pies. Love it, boys. Um, so much going on in the Supercoach world at the moment. Uh, head over to scplaybook.com.au if you need any help with your Supercoach at all. We've got team reveals. Um, I know saw Nico's team reveal came up yesterday. It's going viral everywhere. Um, I've been copying it. Everyone's been copying it. Uh, it's fantastic to see that. Um, boys, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Uh, we'll speak to you very shortly. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Eddie.